Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. God the praise. You may, you may not know this, if I could take just a moment, one of my sons, of course, helped lead this village team to, he's done his 22nd album, and he uh, leads the uh, village hymns, which they have adopted in Church United, which is responsible for uniting about 200 or so churches to get on the same page and see if we can make an impact in this city. So I'm just excited about the uh, my children yielding their talents for God, and your child can do the same thing this morning. Say, say hello to someone next to you. I want to welcome you online before you be seated. Say hello. Glad you're here this morning to have you in the house of God. And you may be seated. Hello, hello. In fact, just before I get started on this morning's message, I have a friend that I want. He was unexpected, or at least unexpected to me. He's a friend all the way from Cuba. Cuba. His name is Ricardo. Ricardo, would you come up front at this time? Ricardo is one of the churches that we support in, in um, Cuba. He may not know it also, but we are going to up because God has been blessing this church. We are um, going to be giving a little bit more, Ricardo, to the ministry. Oh, you, you, what would $100 do in Cuba? Over here and over there. Tell us the, the difference. Uh, well, uh, thanks for, you know, for being here. Praise the Lord. And uh, it's amazing. Let me tell you, I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit as Amen. I worship Amen. in this Praise house. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I, I love the, the leaders. I love, you know, the spirit that moves in this place. And it's always a pleasure to be here. And something that every time I just come to this house, my house, your house, I learn something new. Amen. About Jesus, about praising, about community, being in community in the church. So I praise the Lord for you, Pastor, and I praise the Lord for you. And uh, yes, we are in Cuba right now. Cuba, it's upside down. It has always been, but now it's worse. You know, there's a big oppression for the government. Communism, is, it's becoming stronger and stronger. Socialism. And now they are introducing homosexualities in the school. And all the Christian churches, we have protested against that. And the only answer from the government was, if you don't send the kids to school, all of you as parents go in jail, and, and actually, you know, your kids will be part of the government. Mm. So it's something very difficult to deal with. Uh, you know, in last July there was a, a protest, and still a lot of young disappear, families are broken, the economic situation is worse than ever before. Um, you know, you have to buy everything in the black market, be online for hours, you know, for a piece of chicken to feed your kids. Even um, uh, having breakfast with meal is illegal in Cuba. And uh, the only hope is Jesus. Amen. And I praise the Lord Amen. because all churches has, has stand strong for the Lord. Um, our churches opened like three months ago. Now the government's allowed because of the COVID to open again. We never closed. We have ministry and we have visitations to our members and now we are st people are still coming back now church is getting you know full again uh, God like three years ago has given a new, a new building a huge one 
and we hold like 200 people. And I praise the Lord because church will never be defeated. You know what I'm saying? Amen. It belongs Amen. to Jesus. It belongs to Jesus. And our faith is stronger than every, every situation in the world. If we keep, the Bible says that all things that is happening in this world is necessary. That's Matthew 24. It's necessary that we go through it. And the Lord said, I will always be with you. I will never take you now. You know, no abandon you. So I praise the Lord. And answer your question, like $100, that will be, you know, that there's nothing. So the government has opened um, shops, I mean, center shops in dollars, all in dollars. If you don't have dollars, you can buy. And uh, with $100, you can at least feed your kids with meat, which is weird to, to find in our national coins. And so, yes, it's, it's a great help, and we praise the Lord for every one of you guys that have been supporting, and uh, God has been faithful. So the only thing that we need to do is be faithful to Him. That's all that we need to do, and we'll see provision. We'll see His love. that we'll, It's forever, and I praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, moving in our family, taking care of our families, our finances, even when we are in a very communist country and difficult to live. God is there with the church. God is there with everyone who confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. We confess the blood of Jesus over our families and our countries. And it's hard once you live in Cuba to bless, you know, to bless uh, the government. But even it's a command from the Bible to bless and pray for the authorities. So it's a hard deal for a Christian because everybody hates what is going on and what the government is doing. But we have a, a a powerful and a vogue uh, government, which is the kingdom of God, which is all that we need. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Love you, brother. Amen. Would you stand as we pray and go to God's word, please, at this time? Father, we see not only the war in Cuba, we see it all over, including in our country. Remind the believers here, it's it's not political, it's the wickedness and the evilness of the devil and his demons. Using people like he did in the garden, trying to get us not to be content with what we just sang about a while ago. You gave Adam and Eve everything, and the enemy said you were withholding. You've given us everything for life and godliness. That's what you taught us in your word. I pray that we will learn to be content and learn to be givers and to be generous. And we pray our blessings over Ricardo and his family and his attempt to share the good news in a communist country. Lord, I pray in this own country, I believe there are millions and millions of people that have not bowed down to the system of this world. And I pray for revival amongst believers that you would wake us up once again to the fact that you're coming back in the clouds very soon and we need to be busy about your work saving as many souls as possible we love you father we want you to be honored this morning by opening our minds and our hearts and as we open up your word speak through your servant in jesus name we pray and all god's people said amen amen you may be seated at this time well, as Jacob alluded to a while ago, we're starting a new series called Awaken. And so during this month, 
This church will be joining other churches in South Florida. We'll collectively teach a three-week series called Awaken, Live Like It Matters. That's the key. Live like it matters. So this series calls the Church of South Florida to engage their calling to be agents of transformation in their particular city. Now, he said something. We are using a basic outline. This week will be on the title of this morning's message is In Rhythm. Get in rhythm with God. And the next week will be about being empowered and then stepping, then following, stepping forward in boldness for Jesus Christ. But the rest of the stuff comes from my heart, what's in his word, and what God has for us in this church. When I was thinking about this message, I thought about the churches in Revelation, the seven churches that Jesus addressed. In particular, I think about the church in Sardis. Well, Jesus warned the churches in Revelation to wake up, especially this church in Sardis. Revelation 3.1 reminds us of what he said to them. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He said, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains in you and is about to die. I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard and obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. And so getting your heart beating for what God's heart beats for is really what this is all about. In other words, getting in rhythm with God's agenda, God's plan for the church and for the city of Plantation, Sunrise, Coral Springs, Coconut Creek, and other such cities like that. In rhythm, beating for what God's heart beats for. Now, in order to do that, I want us to look at John chapter 4 at a passage this morning that will help us understand as children of God our purpose of being agents of change in our city, beginning with the woman at the well. Jesus reminds us in Revelation that some of us are dead and we need to wake up again. So let me address those who are dead, literally dead, and those who need to be woken up again to the things of God. The first thing I'd like you to see this morning is that the new birth makes it possible for your heart, for our hearts, to be in rhythm with God's. Without the new birth, you cannot be in rhythm with God. So Jesus, in his conversation with this Samaritan woman, forced her to see that she was dead in sin and needed to come clean with her sin and to be born again. Let's look at that passage, that beautiful passage found in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. The Pharisee heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. 
Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews did not associate with the Samaritans. You see, when Assyria took over and dominated Israel, they took them in the captivity, and the Jewish people intermarried with the Assyrians. And so the Jewish people in Jerusalem did not like the Samaritans. They would have absolutely nothing to do with them. Verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, the gift of God, and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, And he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, (laughs) you don't have anything to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Can you see the kind of sarcasm in her voice? And gave us the well and drank from it himself, as he did also his sons and his flock and herds. Well, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman, still thinking carnal, said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman replied, I I can see you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, but you Jews say that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in truth and in spirit. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. You see, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. A little light bulb's going on and off in her head. The woman said, I know that the Messiah, the Christ, is coming And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, I am. I who speak to you am he. I just said that I am because the I who speak to you am he. Now I want you to know that the new birth keeps you in rhythm with God's heartbeat. But there can be no conversion without 
conviction. Let me explain. There is a fad going around in our country, in America, amongst evangelicals. They want people to go to heaven, and so they'll ask someone that's lost, would you like to go to heaven? Most people, unless they're an ignoramus, would say, sure, I want to go to heaven. Who wants to go to hell? Unless you're like Johnny Carson, an old commodian that said, well, why would I want to go to heaven? All my buddies are going to be in hell. Most people would say, no, I want to go to heaven, right? So there can be no conversion without being convicted. And most people are saying, well, I I just want you to get you in heaven. Forget about how they're living. Just tell them to say the prayer, Jesus, save me. Now you're going to heaven, and now the Holy Spirit will begin working on you. What's wrong with that? Can you imagine that happened to the woman at the well? Do you remember when people came to hear John the Baptist? They said, what do we have to do? You're preaching to us. What do you want us to do? What's the first word he said? Repent. Repent. Do you remember when the people consented to Jesus' death? And Peter preaches the first sermon after Jesus rose from the dead. After he preached that sermon and looked at them, which a lot of preachers won't do this today, and said, you are the ones that are guilty of consenting to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Talk about boldness. That's the kind of boldness we're going to be talking about in our last week. They were convicted of their sin, and they cried out and said, what must we do, Peter? What's the first word he said? Repent. Repent of your sin and believe. Do you remember little Zacchaeus, a Jewish tax collector? All the Jews hated him like they hated the Samaritans because he was employed by the Roman government to tax his fellow men. He took more than he was supposed to. He began to hear about Jesus. He believed in Jesus. He climbed a tree because he was so small. And he saw Jesus. Hey, Jesus! Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today. Wow! Immediately something happened. He said, I'm going to give half of my money to the poor. He repented. And if I've taken anything from someone, I'll pay him back four times according to the law. What did Jesus say? Today, because he repented, today salvation has come to your home. I'm telling you today that you cannot bypass repentance. There will be no conversion unless there is a conviction of sin. And let me tell you something else. There can be no conversion without correction. See, the woman at the well thought she was religious. You see, we Samaritans, we Catholics, we Baptists, we Muslims. We, this is how we worship. <laughs> Jesus needed to correct them. Most of the people, when I talk to them about going to heaven, they, they have their own religion. They have their own standard of righteousness. They have their own rituals that they go through. If, if you could get to heaven that way, then why did Jesus die on the cross? And spill his blood. So Jesus needed to correct the woman at the well. You see, in Proverbs 14, 12, the scripture teaches us that there there is a way which seemeth 
right on demand. My standard of righteousness. My denomination standard of righteousness. My affiliation with my religion will get me into heaven. God is saying there seems to be a way that seems right to you. But the end thereof leads to death. You see, in witnessing to this person, this woman, this Samaritan woman, she needed to be corrected because everyone, everyone has their own religion. Too many like this woman at the well are misinformed. I want to say something else. There can be no conversion without a conviction, and there can be no conversion without correction. There can be no conversion without a confession. Confession. Yes, perhaps for the first time, I'm a sinner. Yes, like the woman at the well. But perhaps we're like the church in Revelation, the church at Sardis. And, and God wants to wake you and me up. He wants to wake the church in Fort Lauderdale up. He wants to unite us together so we can be a powerful force against the forces of this world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. In Romans 10, 9 very famous passage that many of you know, tells us there needs to be a confession. That's what we're going to do with baptism later on after the service. It's an open confession. I follow Jesus, and I'm not ashamed. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is the Son of God, is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then and then only shall you be saved from hell and judgment. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Closet Christians will not get to heaven. Jesus said, if you deny me on earth publicly, then I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are in the same respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you see, getting in the rhythm for the first time or awakening to your spiritual slumber like Peter who denied Jesus three times, you need to openly declare your confession. He was grieved that he had denied Jesus. Then and only then will your heart be in rhythm with God's and with God's agenda here on earth. It reminded me of a scene from Chosen. How many have seen the series Chosen? Raise your hand. Wait, wait. Keep in mind. Okay. There is a scene, probably the best scene in all the two, two series that they have. They're on their third season. And there's a, a scene in the last series of the first season that depicts Mary Magdalene who was who was delivered from seven demons and she was born again but then she went back according to the story in chosen she went back to her old life and the apostles went after her and it reminds me that Jesus said we need to confess him for the first time like the woman at the well but there's people that have not repented of their sin and need to believe once again. And I, I, I wanted to show you this, this scene because it's one of the most popular scenes of the two seasons 
and they've actually made a portrait of this, of Mary Magdalene coming back to Jesus. It's not you. There's quite a lot going on right now. So it's good to have you back. I don't know what to say. I don't require much. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> you redeemed me and I just threw it all away. Well, that's not much of a redemption if it can be lost in a day, is it? <laughs> I owe you everything. But I just don't think I can do it. Do what? live up to it repay you how could i leave how could i go back to the place i was and i didn't even i didn't even come back on my own they had to come get me <sighs> i just can't live up to it well that's true <laughs> but you don't have to I just want your heart. A father just wants your heart. Give us that, which you already have. And the rest will come in time. Did you really think that you'd never struggle or sin again? I know how painful that moment was for you. I shouldn't. Someday. But not here. I'm just so sorry. Look up. <laughs> I can't. You can. Look at me. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> anything I want God to do this morning is that I, I, I saw this twice in my office and I, I cried because I looked into the Jesus eyes and I see his love for you and me. I see his love for the sinner like the woman at the well and I see his love for those of us who have moved away from God and he wants to wake us back up before it's too late like Mary Magdalene. All you have to do is say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. Forgive me. And perhaps if you've never done it for the first time, you're looking in online, God, I'm sorry. Save me. That's what I did. That's what most of you did.
He will save you right now. If you're looking in online and God's working in your heart, fill out the tag comment section and let us know that God's dealing with you. We'll get in contact with you. If you're here this morning, of course, you could actually be saved and get baptized at the end of the service. Just ask them. Can't you see? I, I, I wasn't thinking about Mary Magdalene. I was thinking about myself and others. How he's so willing to forgive. That's why he came into the world, to forgive us. Well, can I say something else about this? For in order for a, a conversion to take place, don't put off the decision if the Holy Spirit is knocking on your door right now. There is an urgency, as explained. He will come like a thief in the night, and you'll not be ready. Don't put off the decision. Wake up. And Hebrews 4 reminds us, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. I know last week I was sharing with someone from Love Life, someone that works on ships, and I tried to explain salvation to her, and she hardened her heart, at least at that moment. The Bible tells us, don't do that. Why? He said in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You see, one day, the book's going to be closed, and God, Jesus, is going to come in the clouds, and it will be too late. You cannot call 911. You cannot get an attorney. You cannot get a lawyer. It will be too late. Now is the time if God's working on your heart. Why is now the time? Because in James 4.14, he said, What is your life but like vapor do in the morning that appears just for a little while? In the exact passage, it says, Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. This is not as long as very brief, but I, my mom sent me this. She's 90 years old. She's a born-again Catholic. She loves Jesus. She sent this, and I thought, how fast life is taken away from us. There are a few characters that you are familiar with. Look how quick it is. May God use this to tell you how brief life is. Some of you know these people. I was looking at this, I saw how quick, how quick. I, 
I was very young and I'm older. <laughs> I actually will be showing my younger picture when I speak next week at Band of Brothers. And uh, there's a young picture and then there's an older picture. I, I'm in denial. I know many of you know that I'm in denial that I'm older. But may God use this this morning to you looking in online to hear this morning. If you're putting off this decision about getting right with him for the first time, or perhaps he's waking you up again to the things of God. Well, the new birth will help your heart get in rhythm with God. The second thing I'd like to remind you of, that when that takes place, like the woman at the well, a heart for the lost reveals a heart that is rhythm in rhythm with God. A heart for the lost. I was sitting in, ch in the chair yesterday, getting my hair cut, speaking to a Jordanian guy who cuts my hair in a real ghetto bar. And not bar, I'm saying a, a barber shop, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, not a bar. That would be some kind of haircut, right? <laughs> that was truly a Freudian slip, Bob. <laughs> and I was sharing the faith about that, and, and, and he's Jordanian, and we were talking about guns, and, and I had one on my side, and I go, you, he said, I don't carry one. I get angry while he's shaving my neck. <laughs> I get very angry real quickly, so I don't carry a gun. But I was sharing Christ with him. And, uh, you know, he was Muslim. And whenever you're sharing your faith, remind them of this one thing. What separates our religion from all the religions of the world? He has risen. He has risen from the dead. And their gods are dead dogs in the grave. They're still there and you can take them to the place. So whenever you talk about our religion, do not back down. Be bold and say, our God is alive. He's risen from the dead. He showed himself to 500 people at one time. And I know he's risen because he lives in me. And I'm not just singing a song to sing to you. He's changed my life. He transformed my life. And that's what we're talking about transformation. There's too many people walking around, I believe in Jesus, and there's no transformation in their lives. You can't transform your life. The Spirit of God comes in you. The, make, the minute you say, Uncle, save me, He comes in you, and He causes you. He causes you to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to talk about Jesus, to read His Word, to want to be around other believers, to talk about a kingdom you've never visited. He is at work in you, causing you to be that way. If that's not happened to you, you better check your pulse. That is your spiritual pulse. You may not be born again. And when you are saved, I wasn't saved a week. I was running around telling people about Jesus, the one I've never met, never talked about, and about a kingdom I never visited and started reading a word I never read and visit a place I'd hardly ever been to. How did that happen within one week? Because of the spirit of the living God dwelling in you and in me. Are you letting him live through you? Hmm. You see, a heart for the lost shows that you and me are in rhythm with God's agenda 
Your heart beats for what his heart beats for. That's why he came to earth. Make no mistake about it. He came to give his life a ransom. He came to save the lost. John 4, 28 reminds us as he talks to this woman, she gets saved. Look what happens to her. Leaving the jar of water, the woman went back into town. She hadn't been saved but a few minutes and, and told the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they all came out of town and made their way toward him. Here was a woman that had been married five times. The guy she was living with wasn't her husband. And no, no telling what kind of reputation she had in the community. All of a sudden, she goes out into the city and through a town. And she's talking about something and someone that they're saying, this doesn't match up. Something's happened to this girl. We're going to go out and check it out and see what this is all about. That's what they should be asking you about. Because... They see the change in your life and in my life. Immediately she went to her own people. She didn't wait till she got a degree and got her certificate and, and went to a class called EE, Evangelism Explosion. She just told what Jesus had done for her. She knew very, very little. It reminds me of the guy that we had come to this church David Rain. How many know who David Rain is? He's an old pastor with cerebral palsy. He traveled all over the world. He surrendered to preach, and the preacher told him, you're never going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I, I, I made them all equal. The preachers that said he wouldn't preach the gospel. But he has a famous line. His famous line is this. I, 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 I got terrible poverty. What your excuse? So what's our excuse for being like David Rain or the woman at the well in being bold and empowered and going back to our communities and to our, and to our workplace and, and to our city and saying, God, I want my heart to bleed for what your heart bleeds for. Her effort resulted in many, many salvations. Does your heart beat for the lost? I think what has happened is many Americans have got so entangled with this world and its pleasures and its gadgets and its toys and its entertainment that we have lost our compassion for the kingdom of God. You and me may, and some of our churches throughout our land may be like the churches in Revelation. You have left your first love and gotten so entangled or preoccupied with the responsibilities of this life. Remember, Jesus said, I must come first. He didn't say we shouldn't take care of our children, do a good job on our jobs. But he said, I must come even before your own life. In fact, 2 Timothy reminds us probably what has happened to many people. He said, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. Why? He wants to please his commanding officer. Jesus said, be in the world, but not of the world. We can get hunkered down in debt, in entertainment, in pleasure, and forget about the kingdom of God. You see, it is God that is at work in you and me, causing us to keep front and center his kingdom. He said, seek my kingdom first. I pray that today that God, this won't be another message, that he'll wake me up, he'll wake you up, he'll wake the churches up in South Florida up. 
My kingdom is what matters. That's all that's going to exist forever and ever is my kingdom. This is passing away. It's all going to be burnt up. Why are you putting so much stock in this life? You're going to get old really fast. It'll come quicker than you think. Now's the day to make that decision. God, I'm sorry. Like Mary Magdalene, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Hmm. Last thing I want to say is a heart and rhythm with God has been sent to do work in their city. And that's what we're joining with other churches in South Florida. We need to be busy about the kingdom of God. Remember, here's the heartbeat of Jesus explained to this woman at the well back in John chapter 4. You see, the apostles were away and they came back as Jesus was sitting with the woman at the well. Here's how it reads in John 4. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, "Hmm, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. I want to remind you, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we forget verse 10. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He, God gave Jesus a work to do, and he didn't want to get distracted from it. I do want to remind you, I haven't finished the verse. I do want to remind you that whatever job you have, that is the work that God wants you to do and communicate the gospel through your work. It's not time out, let me go to church, and I'll do God's work. I love going to the barbershop and witnessing. I love being anybody that walks, sets foot on this property. I'm going to witness to him most of the time. When I'm out there, I keep praying for a pickleball person to get saved. I haven't, I, I probably, I haven't seen one get saved yet. Maybe I got to watch my anger or something. I don't know what it is, but I want to see someone get saved in the pickleball court. I want to pick them off from Satan and see God save them. Amen. But the Bible tells us, he says, my food, Jesus said, is to do will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This is what you, if you've lost this hunger, you've moved away from God. If you've lost your hunger for souls, don't you realize God saved you from H-E-double-L, hell and judgment. Where the wide is the path that people are taking with no thought about it. And narrow is that path that leads to eternal life. Don't you realize, don't I realize what he's done for you and me? How are we going to say, thank you, God, and let me go about my business as usual? No, that's not why he saved us. He said, open up your eyes. Look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages and even now his harvest the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows, another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the women's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. 
Does your heart beat for what God's heart beats for? You see, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field for the ripe for harvest. Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more necessary than food. You and me, have you ever been preoccupied, so preoccupied with your work that you forgot about food? Then that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. Have you been so preoccupied with the kingdom of God that you lose sight of some of the things that everyone else considers very important? You and me need to allow God to interrupt us at any time at work, any time driving down the road, any time at places of leisure. Some of the greatest times I've got to witness is coaching on the ball field or being a fan. If I wasn't kicked out of the game for yelling at the referees. But most of the time, see, I had to always pray that I wouldn't sin so I could represent him. It's a battle. I'm not acting like it's easy. But that passion never leaves a person who has a heartbeat for God. Because my heart needs to beat for what his heart beats for. And your heart needs to beat what his heart beats for. Not in reverse. And so will you join me and the other churches in South Florida in attempting to reach our city for Jesus Christ? We are doing that in some ways. Like the Love Life Ministry. By the way, I want to remind you, next week, next week, they're asking all the churches, they closed down this year, Love Life, next week, would you meet there at 8.30, 8.45, as all the churches who have participated in seeing many unborn babies not murdered because of you and other churches having a passion for the city and the mothers in the city that were going to abort their babies. In fact, we just celebrated one last week. They had a baby shower for one that was spared because of the Love Life Ministry. You'll want to be a part of it next week. That's one of the ways we can join hands with other churches and making a tiny dent in the murder that's taking place all over the world. We support groups like F First Priority, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Kenya, Cuba. So... We're beginning to make a difference. But don't let your dollars exempt you from sharing with Jesus. See, one day you're going to stand before him. And I, I can't imagine coming to Jesus empty-handed. I, I, I just can't. As he looks into your eyes and says, I, I saved you. Did you not get the message? Go into all the world and share the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus empowers you, and then he gives you boldness. You think it's easy to witness to people. No, it's the Spirit of the living God living in you that causes you to do that. So perhaps, as Blackaby teaches in his book, Experiencing God, you've moved away from God. Find out what it is that's caused you to move away from God. Remove it like that woman Mary Magdalene, she went back to her, her old life and she repented of it and said, God, I'm sorry. She got right back in the beautiful fellowship with God. She didn't have to wait a week, a month, do a bunch of uh, honeydews for God. She was immediately in fellowship with God. 
Will you do that this morning if you're looking at online or you're here? Repent. Repent of your sin. Get back in the fellowship with God and you'll begin to hunger for the things of God again. Would you stand at this time, please? Enough of the gospel has been shared without me being repetitive this morning. Amen? You can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior right where you're at. A couple simple words. What 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 did Mary Magdalene do? Which is what the people did when they heard Peter's sermon. I'm sorry. Save me, Jesus. The Holy Spirit will come and live in you. You'll become a child of God. You will have citizenship in heaven. And he'll begin to work in you, molding and making you into his image. Find out how you can use how God wired you to advance his kingdom. The children over there are helping advance the kingdom because they're watching the kids over there and they're ministering to them. You may not be the one like the apostles that brings in the harvest, but you can do some things to begin sowing the seeds. I've sowed seeds and I've seen no harvest. I sowed the seed yesterday. I saw nothing. I sowed seed a few days ago. I saw nothing. Sow the seeds because God waters and fertilizes it. And he may bring someone else in to reap what you've sown. You can participate. You can, God will use your personality. That woman at the well had nothing but shame. Don't let her shame you. As David Rain says, what's your excuse? Let's not have one. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message. Most of all, thank you for the picture you gave us, even though it was depicted on screen. Oh, it made a difference. 300,000 people are now, wait, yeah, 300,000 people. Is it 300 million folks or is it 300,000? Anybody know? They're watching it. You look on your app. It's this tremendous amount of people, Father, they're listening to you. Tell us how much you love us and the price you paid for us. Help us to set aside the things that we're busy doing. Run home and watch sports, play games, buy things. But help us invest in the kingdom of God with our resources, with our mouths, with our lives, with our businesses, with our homes. Wake us up, please, Father. Then show us how we can be a light in plantation right here in this city. Show us how we can do it. Father, I know it's going to begin this afternoon with those who have been baptized and those who are going to get baptized. And if you're here this morning and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, tell us at the back door and you can be baptized right away. Has it been good to be in God's house? Would you give him the praise this morning? God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.